0: More questions, and you've been fabulous. Okay. And I'd love you to come back on. Oh,
1: thank you for. It. Well, I'd love doing use. I'll do this for any time, Grace.
0: You're fab. Yep. I love you. Thank
1: you. I adore you, Grace.
0: Let's. T- I, you're a doll. You're a darling. we'll make everybody sick saying this. You are sweet. Anyway, I'm going to
1: ask <laughs> thank you thank
0: this you. question. So
1: you can ask me any questions as you want.
0: Okay. So you, when you were in Vermont, you you met a pal, and he had a car, and you two hit the uh, only brewery in town. And you guys, everybody was skiing and you guys were chug-a-lugging. <laughs> and your father got a little well, upset with that. Yeah.
1: Oh, right, we ha- there's a thing on the... You live in Putney, Vermont, which is Mayberry in Vermont. Okay, mm-hmm. there's one church, one daycare, one everything. I mean, even the prostitutes in Vermont had it take turns. <laughs> um, so there's a... There's a pub called Toby's Tavern on campus.
0: Right. And my dad... Oh, said it's right on to campus? do
1: homework first. Yes, it was. Unfortunately, I was on campus. <laughs> Just what you need to do is to give people with dyslexia and LD more reasons to kill some more brain cells before class. <laughs> so... We would go, we'd have our lunch break. So I would go there and we had this bowling game. I would sit there and I, I ran up the tab. Was, what was the bowling
0: high. game? Is that the one where you like put stuff on the machine and then you, you hit put, the you, ball?
1: You put your yeah, you, know, you hit your, you put this big, huge bowling ball in the middle of this game and you put your hand on it and you roll it like a thing. So I can go in there and you like, you drop like $10, $15 worth of quarters in there. And i sit there and I would eat a, um, a sub, and I would mm-hmm. drink a long, I, I would drink a couple long Long Island iced teas. So my dad comes up for parent-child. Long weekend, Island iced teas. Long, uh, oh long my god, Chris! Iced teas. Yeah, oh, well,
0: they're bar for root. Mm-hmm. If I had even half of one, I would be having my head down the toilet.
1: Well, uh, you did I learned. No, if you have to you have to cut your stomach with food before you drink. Definitely. I learned that the hard way.
0: You know, I still but, don't. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I've learned that I've learned, I've learned that the hard way since. So my dad says to the teacher and says so what's your only beef for my son? It's like he's spending a little bit too much time at Toby's tavern. <laughs> and he said, Chris, I, I concerning what I pay the school to teach you, I don't want to hear about you drinking before class. Whether, so you do your homework and you you, you you have responsible social time after you do your homework. I said, have you seen the town I live in? This is Mayberry on antidepressants.
0: <laughs> and with Aunt said, B as the hottest home. chicken in town, right?
1: <laughs> right, yeah. I said, notwithstanding, Chris, I don't spend what I spent on this college for you to go drunk on me, and you cannot be drinking before class. You can drink after you're done, and you've done all your homework, and you're responsible. You're not here to party. You're here to learn and evolve and grow. Now, the teacher should not have outed me the way she did. Now, my dad did say that to the teacher. It's like, you could have told me that. Yeah, Yeah, dear lady, you could have told me that outside the spectrum in front of my son, because all you did was show him up. And I didn't appreciate that. And as much as you might have been right to tell him that telling me that, you do you embarrass my son because what how he coped. Now this is right, Chris. I had never been away to college. I know. All of a sudden, I've gone from I've gone from Santa Monica, California, to going to Dodger games and hanging out with celebrities to Vermont. It was like a culture shock thing for me. Big time. And you were away from college. your family. Right. So you now my dad could. I bet could balance that reality out for me, but he said, let's be fair, Chris. School first, and you can have fun later. Now, when he found out I ran up a tab at Tubby's Tavern <laughs> that was exceeded, well, exceeded his budget for, for the next century, then he had a problem. <laughs> And he said, how much do you owe Toby's Tavern? I said, about, uh, I owe about $150. Oh, wow. Well. I said, well, you're, you're going to be working that off. <laughs> I said, okay. So um, he, he, he talked to Toby's Tavern. He, he, to, he said, I'll pay it off, but you cut my son off at $25, dollars at the end of the day. You don't give my son any more leeway. I said, okay, that's fine. And, um, but... uh yeah, he, you know, I, I respected the fact that he was putting on a lot of money for me to go to the school, and right. that there was time for playing, there was time for drinking, there was time, for, you know, whatever. And I said, Dad, seriously, I said, no, seriously, okay. you know, seriously, Chris, you can't, you can't afford enough more brain cells. You already killed, them, okay. You need every brain cell to get yourself into class, and, and learn, and evolve, and grow, okay you can get smashed off your ass for the rest of the year. I don't care after you're done with your homework. I don't care what you do, but be responsible. I said, okay. So, I mean, that's about the only time we ever had, you know. Um, a tiff. A tiff. I mean, the only time actually outside, and I think it's in the book, you read it, is that see, my father didn't come from money.
0: No. So, here's sense
1: yes. of reality of how far money goes per week. So, he said to me, he gave me money for me to take out my best friend, Brian Harris. I'll make this story short. He said, look, you give me money on Monday. How much do you think is going to be left by Friday? If you're asking me to take my friends out and show them a good time, 150 is not going to last. I said, okay, fine. But come Friday, I come to you and ask you for more money, and you tell me I don't manage money well. Well, where do you think I learned that from? And he started getting angry. I said, now you're throwing my lack of teaching me money in my face. No, it's both yours and mom's responsibility to teach me. If you, if you spend half my life saying to me, don't worry about money, what do you think I'm going to think? Don't worry about money. You can't then turn around and say, oh, now all of a you have to become responsible with money. You can't. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a contradiction in terms.
0: Right. Right.
1: And He started crying, getting frustrated with me. He said, where would you learn a threshold? I said, I'd say I didn't learn a whole lot because no one, you know, physical responsibility is not taught in one day. You have to learn the discipline of how to budget. Yes. I said, okay, okay, fine. And I started getting upset, and I started crying, and I started getting frustrated because I felt like I let him down. So we, we had this huge argument in his office, and I had never said this to him. I said, oh, my God. So need a wanting to be loved that you're so careful about being seen as, you don't want to say no to anybody in your family. So you give people the impression of Katie or I, Debbie, or whoever is in your life. You want to repeat them. So you don't say no to them. But when you're teaching us, if you teach us so that we can do whatever we want, then you try to discipline us. That's a contradiction. I said, "You're still playing. You're still a little. You're still a little boy trying to get your mother's love, and you're trying to raise your children. So you're a little boy playing at a man's game."
0: You said that to your dad.
1: I never. Yeah, and he started bowling. Oh. And he then he pulled me down and gave me a kiss and said, "No one's ever put me out like that. No one's ever put me in my place." I said, "I don't care if you give me twenty million dollars. You're wrong. Wrong is wrong, Dad." You can't discipline me and then turn around and say to me, "Well, here's twenty dollars, here's hundred dollars, right. hundred fifty dollars," and then tell me come back to you if you need more. Then get mad at me because I'm asking you for more. Yeah, you told me to ask you for more. Yeah, so I can't. You can't have it both ways. But I had never ever said that to him. I said, God, you're a little boy playing at a man's game when it comes to parenting. You don't ever want to say no to us." Oh, would you? I had more respect for you if you said no to me once in a while.
0: So did he say no? He said.
1: I said <laughs> he said. He said. Katie, Laura, and Maria has never said that to me in in our lifetime. Because everybody's afraid of me that the the money trail will end. I'm not afraid to tell you you're full of shit. I'm not afraid to tell you when you're wrong. When you're wrong, you're wrong. And that's the kind of relationship I had with George. When George was wrong, I called him on the carpet. And And I'm sure he called you on the carpet as well. Yeah, but I I had to do the same thing with my mother. I said, when you're wrong, you're wrong. I don't care if you give me money. I don't care if George gave me money or Dad gave me money. I don't care if any of you gave me money. You're wrong, you're wrong. And money does not make you immune to criticism. Money doesn't make you more right. It doesn't make you less right. It doesn't make you more right.
0: And what happened after that?
1: Uh, We had a different relationship because I can tell you, probably one of the greatest moments I had in my life, I didn't know my dad had a... we didn't know he had a brain tumor. This is 2008. He just toured with Tim Connolly for 10 years. That's we were living in San Diego, time. right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, 75 days a year. So I called my dad. I want to come home visit with Tristan Scott, my son and my wife.
0: And you've been married yeah, how long? I,
1: uh, it'll be eight, it's 18 years.
0: And you have a beautiful son. Yeah. Some I, I love to both. and son. Who's Trish son.
1: Yeah. I will. And um, I called him I said, I want to come up with Tristan Scott. I I'm not really feeling really great. I said, okay, well, when you're ready. And then he died that past May, the previous May, 2008. And I talked to him in 2007.
0: Had you ever seen him? Said, Did you see yeah, him when I'd he was him.
1: ill? Oh, God. Oh, yeah, a little bit, but, you know, I had seen him during the tour. I mean, right. you know, he came to Baltimore. Did you see him son, that he and, didn't
0: look so hot? Oh, he was so proud. I love yeah, that. I yeah. love the watch well, story, too. I thought that was really oh, God
1: nice. Yeah, that was, that's something that I really wanted in the book. Well, oh, I said, I don't. I don't know what what made me say it. I said, Dad, this is some, some strange things for me to ask you. I know you're about to go watch a Dodger game. So I'm, if you, if you, my dad and I were great Dodger fans. and yes. all of our houses, how fun is that? The, yeah. Yeah, when the West Wing is on or Dodger game is on, you don't call my father. You don't call him during cocktail hour unless you're really, you really need to talk to him. His
0: Bloody Mary so. sounded divine.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. If you call them, if you call them before the Bloody Marys, you could get anything out of my father. If you call them after the cocktail hour, then you're screwed. Um, but I said to him, "Look, Chris, I'm about to go listen to a Dodger game. I, said, I don't want to bother you, but I don't know what the purpose for me to ask you this." I said, "What?" I said, "How do you feel about me as a father and a son?" Yeah, I don't know what made me ask him this cause Maybe I somehow inherently knew there was going on with him, mm-hmm. but I didn't really quite quantify where I was and in in where he saw me as a person or as, as a son. And he said, well, why would you ask me that? I said, I don't know. I feel like I need to ask you. I felt like I've, I don't know what your perception of me as a father or a son or anything like that. I said, I, I don't express my feelings to you. I said, no, you do. But lately, I, I don't know how to quantify where, where we are. I said, I have to been more proud of you. Where have you come from in your life? Who well, you are as a man, as a father? I, I cannot tell you. You you've you've exceeded my expectations as a father. I started bowling then. Probably start and I probably start bowling now, and it meant so much to me because all I ever wanted at that time was his validation, and it's like, well, we always had it because the problem you had is you never thought you had it, and you always had it. You didn't have to be more than what you are to me or Trish or Scott. Just he adored be who you. Guys you. Are to me.
0: He adored I loved you. him
1: more than anything. And to honestly, to share, to have a golf tournament with him, to have, to be on stage with him was like, come on. This is just like embarrassment of riches. Well,
0: I mean, you had many people can a say? beautiful relationship. I, I, I did. I really... You know, the book was so good because you just got such a feeling of the love that your father had for you and the love that you had for your dad. And um it touched me. I I, I loved the book and um I thought it was wonderful. And I I think, you know, like your dad, you know, you, you've done amazing things and you should be incredibly proud of yourself. But now I'm gonna get into some scoops. You said that. Okay, Rock Hudson. What's that mean? Did your father meet Rock oh, Hudson?
1: God. Oh, oh well, okay. I, I did notice at the time. My dad is doing Love Boat on one stage. This is the in Spellard Studios in um, on oh, downtown LA. He got
0: asked to be um the captain, right?
1: Okay. Uh, well there's another story. My dad left the Burnett Show in seventy seven.
0: Right. He, he'd done the
1: he done the Love Boat movie. Oh, he was a, a captain. Bosley. no, he was a guest on that wow. show. It was a different captain. Now, so my dad was a guest star in that with Tom Bosley, who was his roommate in New York when they were struggling. How Robinson, cool! Anderson, Hal Linden, it's all these guest stars. It yeah. was a different captain. The 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 um the doctor was Dave Fad Patton, who had been in High Anxiety with my father. All right, long story short, between him doing the Harvey Corn show and and doing the Love Boat movie, he'd gone in on a recommendation, I think, from his agent, Tony Fenton, he worked for William Morris, said, they want to talk to you about the catch on the Love Boat before Gavin McLeod took it. And now mind you, Bernie Capelle and my dad were best friends.
0: Oh, we're, friends. I love Bernie Capelle as well. I thought he was and fabulous.
1: Dear, dear, dear. Uh, wonderful person. So my dad was offered the Gavin McLeod. Road. Now, my father had just come off four years on Danny Kay and 10 years on The Burnett Show. So he'd had 14 years of consistent work. He didn't want to do ten-hour days. He didn't want to. He didn't want to dance with Ethel Merman in a <laughs> That's the show. And no, he said, I had a great ass for these shorts, but a man has his limits. Um, and he said, I didn't really want to do twelve-hour days, and I want to spend more time with you and Maria after the divorce. And I said, but now that I look at what Gavin made on Love Boat, now here's the irony of this whole thing is. Love Boat knocked the Burnett show off the air in seventy seven. Was it on at ten? What time was Burnett on? Yeah. Uh, 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 Love Boat was uh, ten to eleven on, AD, on ABC, and mm-hmm. Carol Burnett was ten to eleven on CBS. But the last season, uh, yeah, or the last season, they eventually moved over to ABC. But I said, Dad, would you ha- well, how ironic would you have been if you'd done the Love Boat as the captain? You would have been on the show that knocked off the show that made you famous, and I told him that. He said, "Oh my God, you're right." But I said, "Chris, I really didn't want to do twelve hour days," and I, ended up, and I said, "I appreciate that, Marina, I appreciate that because we, spent, we went on vacations together and we You would have had to together.
0: wear those knee socks.
1: Well, you no, know, but he had a great he had, he had a great ass for those shorts. So I can say that. <laughs> um, I'm sure looked he looked good. Great, and he had great knees for it, but he really didn't. And he loved Bernie and he loved doing and he ended up doing a lot of love boats. He did one with he did one with um Nancy Duceau, who's a dear friend of mine. Whom? Um Nancy Duceau. Oh
0: yes, from, I like she calls her. her. comfort.
1: Uh-huh. She's a dear, dear friend of ours. Uh, and um, I sent her the book and she said the same thing that you said that Anne Julian, the singer, her husband, it was good friends of mine. Angelina emailed me and said, I never laughed so hard in your book, but I never cried so much. I didn't even know you had a long disability.
0: I love you Angelina. In your book,
1: she's a dear friend of mine, her and her husband, Andy Nurika. And, and yes. I said, Andy, you know this? You're in gypsying with my dad. She said, wait a minute, your dad's not in gypsy. I said, yes, he is. She said, no, he's not. I said, yeah, said, he's the PR guy at the very end of the movie who's helping Gypsy Rosalie. She said, Wait a minute, your dad's in the movie? I said, Yes. I said, I didn't know this. So I sent her a picture of her and my dad, Larry Hagman, together. And I sent a downloaded picture of them together. And she said, I never saw this picture. Thank you for sending so, sending this to me. And thank you for sending the book. And Andy and I both cried at your book. We loved your father. But I had no idea, Chris, the struggles you had. And John Biner, the comedian, emailed me. The week after, and said, "I loved your book, Chris." Is
0: he still alive, this is John Binder? Well,
1: oh, yeah, he lives in Florida, hmm. and uh, he has a book out. And um, I said, "John, I loved your book." I said, "I loved your book, Chris. I had no—I loved your father dearly, Chris. But I have a far greater appreciation for, for what kind of man he was. I didn't—I didn't know you had learning disability. I didn't know your struggles. And I said, for you to share that in the book, and I had a great for a far greater appreciation for what kind of man your father was after reading reading this book. Thank you for sharing these stories. Yes. And so all these people are are corresponding with me on Facebook, John Biner, and all these people. And I'm like, we have a far greater appreciation for who your father was after this book. I said, that was the point of the book because my wife is the one that said, if you're going to write a book about your dad, write the book as a fan. You you did. But
0: also as a son. So there was both. I, well, that, you had that yeah, lovely had mixture be. because you knew your dad. who knew, You know, dad, hardly, I don't think more people knew your dad better than you did. And, you know, you wrote a beautiful book. I love it. I would advise anyone to read it. And you can see how wonderful Chris was overcoming these Obstacles he had, never whining about it, and always having a father, Harvey Corman, who was incredibly talented, who did not have that. I feel so sad that your dad didn't have that core belief in how good he was and what he did and how he left a mark on comedy. It makes me sad, but it, it is a joyous oh. book in many ways. And it is um, quite... Illuminating. Now back
1: to Rock Hudson. Well, 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 I'd like to get out a caveat to that. He didn't realize who he was until he got into the Hall of Fame. I'm so glad. He didn't realize until people came backstage after his tours and said, do you know you helped my wife and I through this? You helped me through Vietnam. You helped me through this. So my dad didn't equate laughter with healing. Oh,
0: my God. Laughter heals. Heals. Heals.
1: I said, Dad, Look at the word art. It's in the word cathartic. Yes. He said, that's right. It it is. I said, so your comedy heals. Do you know what you help people heal through Watergate, through Vietnam? What you and Carol did every Saturday night, what John Carson did with his show. You guys healed America through laughter. You can't put a financial value on that. You
0: cannot put a financial value on it, nor can you think that. Burt Lancaster or Cary Grant or any of these people are better than you. They're wonderful at what they do. But your father was primo at what he did. He was the best. And as as we were talking earlier, Chris, we were discussing the really horrible Abbott and Costello movie, which starred your father and his friend. He was very good friends with um, Buddy Hackett, right?
1: He was. They were very dear, and I'm good friends with B- Buddy's daughter, Lisa,
0: and also um, um, the the woman Michelle who started Lee. You know, she was so miscast because she's like five foot seven, and the whole thing. And I right. talked to Chris Chris uh, Chris Chris Costello. I know Chris Costello.
1: She's a dear friend of mine Chris. too. She's lovely. So do
0: I. She's dear, and we did a really good podcast together. But we needed more time. I had more questions to ask her, but. Um, he was wonderful your father. He was the best part of the movie. The movie stunk, but your father's acting. Yeah. To see someone who can be over the top, just let it go, not be in and you cannot be inhibited when you're a sketch comic and he was not. He let right. it go. And yet he gave such an understated, warm performance. And I said, he is the only good thing about this crappy movie. And he was.
1: Yeah, Yeah, well, Chris and I talked about this because I wrote wrote a piece for her newsletter um, detailing the hatchet job that Bob Thomas and Eddie Sherman did to that script. What a horrible man he was. Yeah, he he had ax to grind, which is funny. Arty Johnson played Eddie Sherman mm-hmm. in the movie,
0: and he played and him like a saint. You know, he should have had rings yeah. and a glow behind his head. Yeah, yeah.
1: well, yeah, well, um, well, I don't want to. I don't want do, to um, go into. I have to tell you, the, uh, disparage, um, but yeah, and I talked. To, I talked to Chris Costello about this, and she said your father, um, nobody on our, our, our side or the advocate, Abbaside had a problem with your father. What well, we had a problem with it was Bud, the Buddy, because Buddy walked down my sister down the aisle and the fact that Buddy didn't protect Lou on this movie, uh, we didn't talk to Buddy Hackett for many years later.
0: Well, Buddy was and terrible. Have- no offense, but he yeah. was really
1: awful. He was awful. He was awful. Miscast but I don't, I, I don't, um, up the wazoo. Miscast up the wazoo. It was, it was. Yeah. And, But I got to tell you the, the Warcraftian story because it was one of those surreal moments so my dad's doing Love Boat uh, with Sandy Dennis on one sound stage. George is doing Dynasty with Rock Hudson. He played Rock Hudson's assistant Charles on Dynasty. Who did? So I didn't know. So who I played didn't, his I didn't know, his
0: assistant Charles?
1: He, so George was on for a year and uh, played opposite Rock Hudson. Uh, now Rock didn't know George was married to my dad's ex-wife, my mother. Uh-huh. So we go over to visit. On a lunch break, my dad walks over in wardrobe. So Pat Klaus, who played the, uh, she took over for Orange Trees, who left the show. So Pat Klaus played her sister. So we went over on lunch break, George and I, my dad, and Pat Klaus, we went over to the Dynasty set, and they were doing Office Sea with of Evans. Mm-hmm. And Rock got one look at my father, and it started beaming. Oh my God, Harvey, what are you doing here? It's like, I'm doing a love boat. I came to visit and, and Rock looks at my dad and looks over to him and says, Why, are you, why did you walk in with George D'Chenzo? I said, George is married to my nice wife. Rock is like, What? They were all laughing because Rock, had no, Rock didn't put it together. Obviously, George and Rock didn't talk about my dad. Yes. But wait a minute. You guys share Christmases together and, and but we're now laughing. But now, mind you, this was during the AIDS thing. Right. They treat, they treat Rock Hudson like a pariah. Did on that. they
0: really on the show?
1: They treat him like crap because the whole thing about him not telling everybody that he had AIDS and the whole kiss, with Linda, Linda Evans, the whole thing.
0: But wasn't that after? They didn't find out until yeah, after Rock got off the show. Yeah. Rock looked horrible. That's let's true. Let's face it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he looked awful. and But... He just lit up when George and my dad, and we all walked to the sound stadium walking towards the set. And Rock looks at my dad, and looks at George and says, why are you two together? It's like, George is married to my wife, Rock. And Rock just laughed at, like, George said, you never told me your connection to Harvey? He's like, well, why would it come up? Why would I assume? He said, well, you knew I did Burnett show with Harvey. And George was like, oh, my God, that's right. Oh, Rock was was on Carol Burnett? at least three times.
0: Wow. So,
1: now you know, Pat Klaus, who was this young, beautiful, young, talented actress, who's like like in, in awe that we're talking to Rock Hudson. Nobody was talking to him. The whole crew treating like, crap. So I walked up to him, and I shook his hand. And I, I know he had AIDS. I said, it's an honor to meet you. You're your true, I mean, a star, I mean, an icon of this business. And I shook his hand, and he... And he and he was hesitant to put his hand out, and I said, and So I shook it, and I said, It's not he, he, like you know, I have AIDS, you know. It's like I think he, every knee had AIDS, he knew he was going to. It was like the same thing with Magic Johnson how ignorant can you be? You can't shake somebody's hand, and get AIDS from shaking but somebody's hand. It was how so early eat.
0: on, so we have to kind of give people. Oh. You know, there's no need for cruelty. I do not accept that and being mean to him. But there was so much unknown at the time that people thought if you sipped from the same cup, if you sat on the toilet seat. And look at people now. Magic Johnson's still alive. I have Mm -hmm. people I've known who've had... AIDS and and the the virus is practically out of their body and they've been alive for thirty years. Right. So, but right. for Rock, um, it was yeah. new territory. So that's why he was right. really treated like a pariah.
1: And but uh, he was like, he, he looked at me and smiled. You going shake my hand. He said, "Of course, I'm going to Rock Hudson. Why would I want to shake your hand?" And he was like, "Oh my God!" It's like you couldn't believe that. I had the intelligence to realize. And I said, look, my dad and George are hugging me and shaking your hand up. I can't. And he really appreciated that. And I, he smiled and said, it's an honor to meet you. i like, no, it's an honor to meet you. And he said, well, you have two great fathers. I said, I do. They're great men. And I said, well, so this is Pat Klaus from the Boat. And Pat's like, uh, what was her name? Uh, she didn't know what to say. Pat Klaus, she was the um, cruise director. More Tweese had lost love boat because she had a cocaine habit. Oh,
0: uh, yes. She had a really bad cocaine she habit. Was fired
1: yes. off. She was fired off of love boat. And um, they brought in Pat Klaus, and who was, was far more attractive than Lauren um, But just Between you, me, and the woman.
0: lamppost.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, a lamppost could have won an Emmy for that role. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and but you know, it's just so surreal. I'm standing here with George my father and, Rick Hudson, and my father, Rock and Hudson. I love Rock Hudson.
0: I love his and movies. You just, so, I still watch him and I adore him.
1: he's so watch is a sketch there's a Tudball sketch where he comes in and he's and he's the boyfriend of uh Mrs. Wiggins.
0: Oh, Mrs. Wiggins. And, oh, my God. I love oh, that. That's you have a to riot. It. It
1: is, but
0: That's on, I can find YouTube. that on um,
1: YouTube. Look up YouTube. Look up Rock Hudson and Steve Lawrence on The Burnett Show. They do a the whole thing to um, a whole musical moment thing. <laughs> uh, and and Steve, Rock holds more than his own with Steve Lawrence. I can tell you that. And I have to say Steve Lawrence has progressive um, Alzheimer's disease.
0: Edie
1: Gourmet um, and Steve right, Lawrence? Yeah, well, Edie died a couple of years ago, but Steve
0: has Alzheimer's. Oh, dear. So many, so many uh, of our beloved um, stars. Yes, and have it. Um, Joanne and Woodward has it as well. Did you know that?
1: Right, really? Yes. No. I, well, David is, and I, I've, I've got David Lawrence, Steve and Edie's son. I've known each other since we were children. Yes. And I I correspond with them on Facebook because I knew Steve lived down here in Vegas. And, um, I said to David, you know, you have a, I should get him on your show because he's got a great tribute CD about his mother out. I'll call him. I'll I should have him contact you.
0: Yeah, please do. Um,
1: I'd love to talk to him. David is a doll. David is his own music. He's, he's an Emmy Award winning versus and oh, arranger himself. I'd love
0: to talk to
1: him. Sure. So, uh, I said, David, I don't see any of any, any commercial stuff for the CD. And he said, Chris, do you know how hard it is to get a PR person who knows who my mother is to promote? I said, the PR person should be knowing who the media people are, print media, digital media, radio. It's like, my girl doesn't know the people you know, Chris. I said, that's your problem, David. Your mother's an icon. People should know who you core is. They should know about your CD. I said, Chris, no offense, girl girl's really good, but she doesn't know who to talk to at the radio stations. I said, you need to be a PR person then? Then tell him to come on the
0: show. Because people oh know. Oh, God, I will. Uh, but, I, but
1: here's the thing. I'm not even in the business. And I have access to people that most people don't have access to. I'm not bragging. That's just a fact. And I'm not even in the business. I'm, I'm, I'm in the business on a peripheral way. Right. Because of my is. So I said, David, look, this is ridiculous. You should be promoting your mom's CD. In one week, I it him on five different shows. What a good and, guy. And, and it got... And I got, my friend works for, writes for com. Debbie, Debbie Hall. And she did a profile on I me mean, for com. I'm on there right now. And I, so I just started accessing all these radio personalities that I'd done interviews for about 10 years with these people off and on for my book, whatever. I said, you need to get David Lawrence on your show, promote the CD. So David, a month later, wrote me back and said, Cause I owe you everything. He said, David, you owe me nothing. Our father, our parents were best friends. We were dear friends with each other. We grew up together. You owe me nothing. This is like, you doing something for your mother and your father, like like doing something for a family. God's sake, David.
0: Well, that's a cool because thing you know much, that you do. Let's face it.
1: Well, I owe, well, I I, I have a home movie uh, my mom sent me. Uh, you know who Bill Persky and Sam Denoff was? Yes. They wrote for Dick Van Dyke and that girl. Okay, they have these big, huge picnics at the park, at Rancho Park near 20th Century Fox uh-huh. every year. Uh-huh. All these celebrities. Right. Everybody, Barbara Streisand is on it. Everybody you know in this business is at this picnic. There's a moment in the end of the picnic where I'm sitting on a park bench and Steve Lawrence walks over to me and starts playing catch with me for 20 minutes. And I told David, then, I said, do you have an idea what that meant to me, David? Really? Here's the kid with a speech impediment learning disability, and, and Steve Lawrence is taking time to, to, to pay me attention. I will never forget that. I owe your father everything.
0: It's amazing, isn't it, Chris? Because we do. Said, these things are so important to us, and yet people don't know. But they don't they appreciate the beauty of the, the simple, the simple kindness. Right. And how much it means to a person. Much more than if somebody said, here's 10 grand. A simple kindness sticks with you forever.
1: And for for somebody with me who dealt with speech, a permanent disability, and challenges. And you sound
0: fabulous. You should be so proud of yourself, Chris. Honestly.
1: I am. Well, I am proud. I have the best wife and best son in the world. And I can, this sounds funny to say this. um, Someone asked me, it's like, knowing what you went through in your life, was it worth it? I said, I'd do it again. I would, if I had to start my life all over again, I'd minus the disability and challenges. But I have to think about it. You don't appreciate what you have until you, you, you struggle through adversity.
0: Are you still in Las Vegas, Chris?
1: I'm still in Las Vegas. Well, someone said to me, why are you in Vegas? I said, don't those Jews end up in the desert anyway.
0: <laughs>
1: um, But... Yeah, I, I, I my blessing is my wife and my son, and they're a reminder of every day to me that um, I wouldn't have what I have if it wasn't for my dad's life career, which is you don't know what you really feel like, when you don't cry. And, I, and I, that's a life career I live with, and I am blessed to have the life that I have and the son that I have, and I wouldn't have these things if i if give it up on myself. So I can't take all credit. I was smart enough to know that there were people in this world that were smarter than me, and I needed to find those people to help me
0: and they did and you um, know what but you took it some people go oh no it's too hard oh no i can't do this or they just give up and you never did and your story is a wonderful story for people any anybody who has some sort of adversity and having such a supportive wonderful parent and your mom was a great parent as george was oh, as she well was awesome. Yes. You know, you were you were blessed in that way. And you, you, though, were the guy who had to do the actual work and you did it. And you, uh, you know, I admire you. I love the book. Everybody. We didn't talk about everything in the book. There's a lot of great stuff. And it's just a really touching, warm story. And um you don't hold back, Chris. You know, you don't sit there and try to make fluff yourself up. You just are honest and um the reader just loves a book. That's all I can tell you.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Let I mean me because it took two years to write it and I took what my wife said in my heart she said, Write a book that People would not know about your father that they should know about your father and have a greater appreciation that there's a a balance between father and son and there's a balance between celebrity. And, I mean, when, you know, and that who he was at school was He's a father. He at was school.
0: yes, it, it was just a father, beautiful book. You succeeded.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that, Grace. I appreciate you having me on. And we owe this to Stone Wallace, a good mutual dear friend yes, of ours. Yes, I
0: hope you're listening, Stoney and, Curtis. I love and you and I miss you, as do all your friends.
1: And Come back his on my wife show. Cindy. And wife, Cindy, who is an incredible artist, and um, I call her the female Mr. Rogers.
0: I have never She's met a, Cindy. She, but oh, oh, Cindy is mm-hmm.
1: a child's um, uh, a performer for children, ah. and uh, she has books out about told children. Me that. So I call her the female Mister Rogers. How cool! So I told her when she when this pandemic ends, I'd like to really use some of my connections and help help build up her brand.
0: And, well, you're um, a darling, Chris, because you really are helpful, thank you. and you do want to help people, and you are a sweet I do. pie. And
1: thank you. Well, and it
0: is totally genuine, and. You're a lovely, kind person. And, guys, you, check out that book. You tell him, Chris. What's the name of your book?
1: It's Oh My God. It's Oh My God. It's Harvey Korman's son. You can get it on Amazon.com, or you can go to Bear, B-E-A-R, Manor, M-A-N-O-U-R, Press. Bear Omar, who's an exceptional publisher who Stone works for often his is freelance editing for for Ben? yes he does. and he put me with he put me with stone and stone i just started isn't he, he started such a, a
0: love i mean he's so easy oh, to become friends I adore, with
1: truly totally one of the most selfish beings i've had the honor of knowing and i adore him and i adore cindy and, and i adore um,
0: my stone too so stony i miss you and so do all your friends And please come on the show. We'll talk.
1: Yes. Stone could use some serious promotion on his books. He knows that I'm always there. He knows I'm always here. Yeah. So I I have been telling him um, that, you know, I know he's going in his own personal stuff. We won't talk about it on air. But I said, you know, you're too good. You should be much bigger than you are. And if I can, whatever I can do to make that happen for him and for Cindy, I will do so. I said, "What good is a son of a cross dresser if you can't help your friends?" Yeah,
0: and you're a peach.
1: I mean, yeah, and you know, I mean, I mean, you know, it's always sad. I, oh, I said this to my dad in all fairness, Dad, if you're going to embarrass or stain the 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 uh, the outlook, if you're going to stain or embarrass your family <laughs> by dressing up in women's clothing, at least doing a Bob Mackey original. <laughs> And I said this to Bob Mackey at the Hall of Fame induction. And I said, look, it's really sad that all of us have aged not well, and you still look a 17-year-old kid. It's really not fair to any of us. You and Frankie Alon have not had hair that moved since 1968. Oh, my really God. You Get away from me. So I said, I, I said course I've not seen you in years. I said, what's going on with you? Well, let's see. I'm just about to have a child. I get married. They said, oh, you have been busy. So the whole night at the Hall of Fame induction, I got from uh Angela Lansbury. I had, I met her because George had done like eight murder shooters and Dad and, and Angel had done Danny K ago. So I went up to her and said, I met you one time twenty years ago at Nordstrom for Rock Santa Monica. I told him who I told her who you were. You're Harvey you're Harvey's son and George's stepson. It's like, Yes, I remember you. I said I said, Please give my love to George. I said I will. And she gave me a hug and kiss. And then she said, I hear I hear you've been busy.
0: <laughs> About being married with a kid.
1: About being married with a child. And then Carol comes up to me, and then Bob Newhart comes up to me, and then my cousin, Ned and Linda, come with me and said, I hear you've been busy. I'm like, God,
0: what the hell? Yeah, word gets like, out on the street, huh? Ward,
1: yeah, so <laughs> I'm, in, I'm, in the, I'm, in the, I'm in the reception line of this thing with my dad, and, but one after another, so another person came through and Cynthia Sykes, who's the actress who was um, on um, St. Elsewhere who was married to Buddy Gorkin at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had seen her, she played the real estate woman or somebody in in that in that flight with Jacqueline and Julia Anders. And I went after to her, I said, I'm a big fan of your work. I saw you in St. Elsewhere. And she said, do you know who I am? I said, who in this business does not know Cynthia Sykes? I said, oh, I like you already, Chris. I said, well, I'm, a fan of the I'm a big fan of yours. And I, and, I'm, and the same thing happened to me at, at the Grove. Beverly Gerland walked by me. And I said, oh, my God, you're Beverly Gerland. She turned around and looked at me. And said, I was with my son. And my, son, my, dad, my son's looking at all in his eyes like, oh, God, Dad, stop attacking everybody. <laughs> um, and Beverly turned and I said, are you talking to me? I said, you're Beverly Gerland. I said, how do you know that? I said, who does not know who you are? She said, "Well, who are you guys? My name is Chris Carman, I have your son." She got a big smile on her face. And we started talking, and my son is sitting in my lap playing with his train. And kids are looking at me like, "Oh my god, do you not? Is there anybody you don't freaking know, Dad?" But that's and great, like, Chris. That, that, That's but, great. But I mean, you come across these people, and, and it's like you do not 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 say something. I mean, to meet Beverly Garland it was like, "Oh my god, you're an icon in this business with her hotel and everything." And she was like, oh, my God, you know who I am. Beverly Garland, I love
0: her. And didn't she do a lot of things uh, where celebs would come? She would run a lot of these shows where celebs would come and do stuff. She was on My Three Sons. She was even on a Twilight Zone. She was in The Alligator Man. She played the wife of The Alligator Man.
1: Well, because I watch all my Christmas and, and stuff, you
0: know. I, I watch all my classic movie stuff, even horrible well, movies. So there you go.
1: Well, let's be fair, to agree. Everybody has an Ishtar in their resume, right? Everybody has that one movie that they like to forget. I'm sure. I'm she sure was fabulous
0: in the Alligator right. Man. She really was. But I mean, you had to play the part.
1: I mean, there are certain movies you say to actors and go, "What movie would you like to forget in your in your tapestry of in your industry of in your career?" And I get there are a lot of actors who have more than one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my dad has the, the Star Wars Christmas special, named one <laughs> with the Arthur. I said, I don't know what's what's worse I'm sorry. when the when the alien when the alien. Are you all right?
0: Yes, I just. <laughs>
1: Don't, don't, I was drinking don't water and it went. It, right? No, no, no! I won't. Oh.
0: It just something went down the wrong pipe. That kind
1: of. Okay, thing. so I said to Dad, I said, "I don't know what's worse is when you have more chemistry with an alien than you do with B Arthur."
0: <laughs> well, B, God lover. <laughs> uh, well,
1: I have. My, I, I personally have. I know. Oh, well, my dad didn't didn't like B, and he didn't like B. But um, he didn't get along with. It. Well, I won't of tales about a lot of people. But there are a lot of people my dad didn't like that I didn't like either. Well, but, just um,
0: give us this before we close. Who was the okay. favorite person, famous person you met? Your most favorite.
1: Oh, right.
0: I know it's tough because you've met so many.
1: Wow. Oh, that's easy. Um, and, and not because, because it's, it's the type of person you never expect to meet because you don't think you're going to be in that world. There's a great jazz singer named Joe Williams.
0: Oh, I read a lovely story in your book. Love it. Uh, so, uh,
1: 18, it's a hot day. I saw him. He was in his golf cart. He was golf carts, five golf, ten golf carts I had and my dad. And you
0: and your dad loved jazz and loved him. Oh, God, there's one of the few things my dad and I bond
1: over was jazz right. and baseball. But he said, don't bother people. Everybody's getting there sometimes listening on, and we're all trying to get off. So I'm walking around the golf carts to see who everybody is. So he's sitting there in his golf cart putting suntan lotion on. I said, "Oh my God, you're Joe Williams." And he said, "Oh, who are you?" And said, I'm Chris Corman. I'm he started talking. I didn't say who I was yet. I said, I'm just Chris Cormier. I'm, I'm here with golf carts. To me, he was like me. Jack. It's like me. Jackie Robinson. It's like me. Sidney Poitier. It's like it's me. Royalty. I love Sidney Poitier. And,
0: like,
1: and oh, and he said, we started talking about jazz. He said, "How old are you?" He said, I'm 18. He's like, "You know a lot about jazz for an 18 year old." I said, "Well, I grew up loving jazz with my father." And he said, oh, "But my dad would really kind of be angry at me if I was bothering you." But he, he he would he would be forced to tell, you know that I was talking to you. And he said, "Who's your dad?" I said, "My father's Harvey Corman. Joe Williams gets a big smile on his face. and says, "Oh my God, are you serious?" I said, "Yeah." Yeah, you're just me, Joe. I said, "So now I'm walking towards my father, with Joe is behind me." My dad's like, I was like, oh fuck! does my son do now? <laughs> so I said, Dad, Joe Williams would like to meet you. And now my dad is a big jazz fan, and he said, Why are you bothering Joe Williams? I said, He wanted to meet you. Hi, Harvey. I, my my wife and I, our family, we just love you in the Burnett show. I thought he'd go stupid for twenty seconds. He goes, You know who I am? You're Joe Williams. That's. He's like me, thirty forty eight. He's like me, and Jackie Robinson. I that's, said, that's so that's what funny, I said. isn't it? And I said, we started talking about Colt Porter and Count Basie and Arden Shaw and Mel Torme and Ella Fitzgerald. And like, Oh my God. And it was just like, and outside of that, probably meeting Clint Eastwood at my golf tournament. And he actually said to me, he comes in the golf cart with my friend Scott record. You're driving him back to his cart. And Clint Eastwood is in the golf cart with me. Mm-hmm. I'm standing behind him. And he turns around and says, Oh, I know you're Harvey. son." I said, you know who I am? I said, Scott Records said I had to come to your tournament and meet you. I said, you usually take orders from somebody shorter than you <laughs> and, bald, and, and more bald than you. So Scott Records now, like, you guys don't have to insult me. I did you guys both a favor. So I said, okay, I'm sorry, Scott. So we are start talking. And so we get him to the golf, we got him to the, his, his cart, and he got out of the car and said, it's an honor to meet you. I'm like, it's an honor to meet me. You know who you are. You're who you're used to it. So I said, I know you're a big fan of jazz, and I said, I have a big fan of, a of jazz, and we started talking about jazz in the 40s and 50s. Well, they we did the movie
0: on Charles Mingus, didn't they? Right. We?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and and, and I knew and Bird, two women like who Forrest were married
0: to, to Charles Mingus. Really? Yeah.
1: Wow, and you did a movie called Bird with Horace Whitaker, so I know he's a big jazz fan, yes. and he did that one special night in San Francisco, and we, we talked for 20 minutes about this, so... Of all the things to talk about the Clint Eastwood about. I'm thinking, we're talking about movies and whatever. We're talking about jazz. And we're talking about Artie Shaw. and We're talking about all these great names in, in jazz and the four forefathers of jazz and Chicago jazz. And if said, you really know your stuff, Chris. I said, I'm really impressed. A lot of people don't know what you know. I said, well, my dad always taught me to love the process, to love the people who came before so others could move forward. The people who are in jazz now, George Benson, Earl Kluge, all these big names. Right. Where are they if it wasn't for the big names back then? Right. Which so I agree. So we should start talking. And so I got to get it going. Okay, well, anyways, I'll talk to you later, Chris. And he shook my hand. and it's honored to meet you. And I'm like, uh, I didn't know what to say. I'm like, it's honored to meet you, too. I said, well, it is. I said, it's just a thrill to talk to you about jazz. And, and just to meet you is just a great, honestly, you know how much pleasure your father brought our family, too, Chris. And please, when you talk to your father, tell him Clint Eastwood says hi. My dad's not going to believe that. So I called him that night and I said, "Do you won't believe I am that." Clint Eastwood. We talked about jazz for 20 minutes, and he talked about that. Thing. It's like, it's like, do you have no? Like my dad said well, one things about Chris. About that, uh, always amazes me is you don't know that it's not right or not right to talk to these people. You're just you. You don't know it's wrong or not right to engage these people. You just, you are who you are. It's like, uh, ignorance is bliss with you. It's like, you don't know. It's not okay not to talk to these people or not to talk to them because of who they are. And to me. They're like everybody else. They're no yes. better than you. They're no, they're no better than me. You humble them by treating them with respect.
0: Exactly. And I
1: said, Mr. So you call him Mr. English? No, please call me Chris. I'm like, uh, okay. You can call me Chris. You can call me wherever you want, actually. Um, so I just I haven't been around the people I've been around. Um, I would not have a, I would not have a, had access to if it wasn't for my father. And uh, and my wife said that's not true, Chris. I think a lot of people who know you love you for you, not because of your father.
0: Well, I believe that's true because you are very lovable. Well, and you're a good person. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Chris. I feel the same way about you, and I'm, I'm so glad Stone emailed me and told me about you because. Um you know, I, I wasn't I knew he was going through a lot of stuff and I wasn't gonna put my problems about trying to promote the book on his wow. Oh he's and so a saying, no, I can tell you about Grace, Grace Collins like okay, great. So, you know, um I'm glad he told me about you. I'm glad we become we become friends and I hope we stay in touch and
0: we will, Chris, um, most definitely. And um please people look for his book. I will post all Chris has all the info and I'll give you all the links um and you can check it out but it's a lovely book and Chris has overcome many things and it's a beautiful tribute to Chris and his father and that beautiful relationship so I have to say you know check it out guys it's wonderful and Chris, my god, you know how long we've gone? This is going to be a two parter. Um, <laughs> I thought we were gonna do half an hour. Two-parters. What a What a riot! <laughs> so, we're at like one hour <laughs> and 40 minutes. So, it's going to be a two parter. Wow, yeah. So, it'll be edited tomorrow and we will get this out ASAP because I thought this was a great show. So, thank
1: you. Well, I'm posting this. Well, I'm going to post this one immediately. When You tell me. When you give me the word. I will post it on my page.
0: Thank you. You know, I will dear. post
1: your I'll post your page on my page so I can throw as much traffic your way as I can.
0: You are a darling. So thank you so you much. You Gracie. And I um, will wonderful book. And thank you so much for talking thank to you. me. It was really you're interesting and so much fun. And you're a darling.
1: You too. You too, Gracie. I adore you too.
0: Okay. And we'll Take talk care. soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, right, everybody. Bye-bye. Happy Bye-bye. New Year. Bye. bye